This is Patty Scalzo, welcoming all our listeners to Shir Jashub, a Bible study program brought to you by the Fellowship of Shir Jashub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut. Today, my husband, Pastor Greg Scalzo, and I will be continuing our series on Heavenly Authority. And now, let's go into the study. In our last program, we left off with Moses and the children of Israel and camped before Mount Sinai. The Lord God was giving Moses instructions for that special event when he would come to them in a thick cloud on the mountain and speak to him so that the people could hear. In Exodus 19, verses 10 to 13, we read, And the Lord said to Moses, Go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow. Have them wash their clothes, and be ready by the third day, because on that day the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. Put limits for the people around the mountain and tell them, Be careful that you do not go up the mountain or touch the foot of it. Whoever touches the mountain shall surely be put to death. He shall surely be stoned or shot with arrows. Not a hand is to be laid on him. Whether man or animal, he shall not be permitted to live. Only when the ram's horn sounds a long blast may they go up to the mountain. Notice first that the people had to consecrate themselves so that they could stand before the manifest presence of the might of God. Externally, they did this by the washing of their clothes. And in verse 15 it says, they abstained from having sexual relations. They were to be sanctified, that is, set aside for a holy purpose. They were to be ready for the third day, when the Lord would come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. Notice also that Moses was to put bounds or limits around the mountain, so that the people could not go up the mountain or even touch it. For if someone did, that person, or even a strained animal, would have to be put to death. And Patty, this instruction was given to show the holiness of our God. God is a consuming fire of holiness and purity. And the need for this border or boundary around the mountain gives a wonderful illustration of the state of mankind before that majestic holiness. Man is sinful, so we cannot even begin to approach or touch the holiness or sanctity of God. We cannot go near it and live. Sin separates us from a holy God who alone is all good. And if anyone thought they were worthy to touch the mountain, the sentence was death, done in such a way that they would not even be touched by the people because they had become an abomination. What an image of how high and exalted God is above man and how, of ourselves, there really is no way to approach him. We are sinful. We are not worthy. This image stands out in sharp contrast to modern thought, which assumes that upon death, if there is a God, he will automatically welcome everyone into heaven. But the Bible teaches that there is a barrier between the one true God and man. On our own, without Christ, we cannot even touch the place where his feet rest. It is holy ground. But then the Lord goes on to tell Moses, Only when the ram's horn sounds a long blast, May they go up to the mountain. This ram's horn or this trumpet is the mercy trump of God, calling mankind into the presence of God and allowing them access by His grace. This is the horn of the sacrifice. Years later, when the ram's horn would be sounded outside Jericho by the Israelite children, the walls of the city would come tumbling down, 
giving them victory. And when it would be blown every 50th year to usher in the special year known as Jubilee, it signified a call to joy and freedom. But here on Mount Sinai, the ram's horn or shofar is not sounded by men. Rather, it is sounded loudly and supernaturally from heaven. In verse 16 we read, Then it came to pass on the third day, in the morning, that there were thunderings and lightnings and a thick cloud on the mountain, and the sound of the trumpet was very loud, so that all the people who were in the camp trembled. And Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet with God, and they stood at the foot of the mountain. Now Mount Sinai was completely in smoke, because the Lord descended upon it in fire. Its smoke ascended like the smoke of a furnace, and the whole mountain quaked greatly. And when the blast of the trumpet sounded long, and became louder and louder, Moses spoke, and God answered him by voice. Then the Lord came down upon Mount Sinai, on the top of the mountain. And the Lord called Moses to the top of the mountain, and Moses went up. We have here a visible manifestation of the presence and power of God. Moses brings the people out of the camp to the foot of the mountain to meet the Lord. And in this magnificent event, God's glory is displayed to Israel. The Jewish writers would later call this glory of the Lord the Shekinah, which means dwelling, the grand and luminous cloud which appeared in the sight of all the people. Patty, our listeners should think forward to the New Testament, when on the Mount of Transfiguration, Jesus' face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as light, and again the bright cloud overshadowed them. On the first mountain, God gave Israel the Ten Commandments and the law. On the second, God confirmed that salvation was only in his son Jesus, when the voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved son, hear him. Amen. In the passage you just read in Exodus, we see immediately the heart of God. As the Lord descends on the mountain in fire, right away the trumpet grows louder and louder. This is God's mercy and his call. His heart's desire is that everyone be able to approach him, to come near him. Certainly God's servant Moses is exempt from the death sentence of the mountain. Not only that, but he can walk up to the top of the mountain, right into God's awesome presence. The Exodus reading continues in verses 21 and 22. And the Lord said to Moses, Go down and warn the people, lest they break through to gaze at the Lord, and many of them perish. Also let the priests who come near the Lord consecrate themselves, lest the Lord break out against them. Moses is to warn the people that they were not to break through to gaze at the Lord. And again we have here, Patty, the reverence and awe of God that was required of the people. Too often there are those who are curious about the things of religion and the gospel, but who are not really consecrated unto the Lord. They like a glimpse of heavenly things and hang out on the periphery of the church. But their insincere attitude is dangerous. Here Moses was to warn against going past the limits or forcing their way through in order to get a peek at the Lord. They were not to break through irreverently like some mob curious to see some famous celebrity. If they did, many of them would perish. For once again, sinful man cannot stand in God's presence. But then the Lord tells Moses an interesting thing. Also let the priests who come near the Lord consecrate themselves, lest the Lord break out against them. Greg, the formal Levitical priesthood for Aaron and his descendants 
would not be mentioned, let alone established, until chapters 27 and 28. So who is meant here by the priests? It's a good question, Patty. And my belief is that the answer lies back in verse 6, which we studied in our last program, where in preparation for this day, God tells Moses, And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests, and a holy or consecrated nation. These are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel. God was looking for a nation of priests, a nation of Abel's and Melchizedek's. We have seen the bounds established at the foot of the mountain, and these limits speak to the outward sternness and hardness which God must show toward mankind to convict man of sin and of God's holiness and the need for mercy to draw near to God, to teach them to treat the things of God as holy. Yet in the trumpet blast we see the inner mercy and softness of God. Remember you read, only when the ram's horn sounds a long blast may they go up to the mountain. Some translate this, when the ram horn sounds a long blast, they ought to go up the mountain. Before the horn sounded, they could not even touch the base of the mountain. But now it would seem that it was possible for some, the priests, to actually begin to go up and draw near to the Lord. But the strict warning is, to do so, they must consecrate or sanctify themselves. We know they had already consecrated themselves physically or externally. The Lord is obviously speaking about a spiritual consecration, a consecration of the heart. Even as Moses had done, and so he was allowed to walk freely up and down the mountain. And that is the difference between Moses and the people. He is spiritually consecrated, set apart in his heart unto God. This is why, as we studied last time, God tells him in Exodus 19.9, Behold, I come to you in a thick cloud, that the people may hear when I speak with you, and believe you forever. When the Lord confirms Moses' leadership, he confirms the truth of Moses' words, and so the truth of his own holy word. For Moses is a servant whose heart is in the right place, and who will rightly minister God's word. And Patty, we should notice that at this point, even Moses is confused by God telling him that the priests who come near to God must consecrate themselves, lest the Lord break out against them. In verse 23 we read, But Moses said to the Lord, The people cannot come up to Mount Sinai, for you warned us, saying, Set bounds around the mountain and consecrate it. Then the Lord said to him, Away, get down and then come up, you and Aaron with you. But do not let the priests and the people break through to come up to the Lord, lest he break out against them. So Moses went down to the people and spoke to them. What seemed like a contradiction to Moses was really the beautiful mystery of the gospel of God. But it was too much to explain to Moses at this time. After Moses goes back down, the Lord gives the people the Ten Commandments in Exodus chapter 20, verses 1 to 17. In Deuteronomy 5, Moses reviews this event and says in verse 22, These words the Lord spoke to all of your assembly in the mountain from the mist of the fire, the cloud, and the thick darkness, with a loud voice, and he added no more. In Deuteronomy 4.36, he tells them that out of heaven he let you hear his voice, that he might instruct you. On earth he showed you his great fire, and you heard his words out of the mist of the fire. And what was their reaction? Exodus 20, verses 18 to 21 states, Now all the people witnessed the thunderings, the lightning flashes, the sound of the trumpet, 
and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they trembled and stood afar off. Then they said to Moses, You speak with us, and we will hear, but let not God speak with us, lest we die. And Moses said to the people, Do not fear, for God has come to test you, and that his fear may be before you, so that you may not sin. So the people stood afar off, but Moses drew near the thick darkness where God was. They trembled with fear and stood afar off. They knew themselves. They knew they were sinners, and they could not stand alive in the presence of the great God. And though the trumpet sounded and the voice spoke, they did not want to change what was wrong in them. They did not want to consecrate themselves. They did not want to become like Moses, so that they too could enjoy God's moment of grace. In Deuteronomy 5, verses 2 to 5, Moses tells the children of the Israelites, The Lord our God made a covenant with us in Horeb. The Lord did not make this covenant with our fathers, but with us, those who are here today, all of us who are alive. The Lord talked with you face to face on the mountain from the midst of the fire. I stood between the Lord and you at that time to declare to you the word of the Lord, for you were afraid because of the fire, and you did not go up the mountain. They were afraid because of the fire. In our next program, we'll speak about the fire of God. Thank you for listening. We'd like to invite you to join us for Sunday service. Shia Jashub Christian Tabernacle meets every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. in the upper room of the Madison Memorial Town Hall on Meeting House Lane in Madison. Take I-95 to exit 61. Go south on Route 79 to Route 1. Turn right, and at the next light, turn right again. We are in the yellow brick and white building. Please join us for our next broadcast of Sheer Jashub.